0: <laughs> The Elk Talk podcast is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, ensuring the future of elk, other wildlife, their habitat, and our hunting heritage. To become a member, go to rmef.org.
1: And the podcast is also brought to you by OnX Maps. And with OnX Maps, you can know where you stand with the most accurate hunting GPS tech on the market with land ownership maps that work offline Go to onxmaps.com and use promo code ELKTALK and you're going to save 20% when you sign up for an app membership at onxmaps.com.
0: The podcast is also brought to you by Gerber. Uh, Go to gerbergear.com and learn about the knives, the vital, the big game vital, the gator premium, all the things that we use when we're out in the woods and not just knives, but also some really cool multi-tools that they have.
1: We're also proud to partner with Sitka Gear, and if you go to sitkagear.com, you'll see their full line of clothing, and their tagline is Turning Clothing Into Gear, and they are doing that through advanced technology that allows you to stay in the field longer, hunt harder, and stay safer.
0: The Elk Talk podcast is also brought to you by GoHunt.com. Go to GoHunt.com and sign up for the Insider. Um... The, the Insider is changing how haunts and hunting information are found. No doubt about that. Use promo code ELKTALK, and when you do, when you sign up for the Insider, you're going to get $50 of store credit, mad money, in their gear shop.
1: And we are also brought to you by Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls. And Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls is the original designer and inventor of the pallet plate diaphragm that's completely changed the way elk calls are made and used. And to find out more and to order your elk calls, go to RockyMountainHuntingCalls.com or BuglingBull.com and use promo code Elk Talk, and you're going to save 15% on all of your elk calls and elk call accessories. And with that, Corey... We are ready to get into it. Let's jump into it. All right, folks. Well, we're back with uh, another episode of the Elk Talk podcast here. And in the last episode, Randy and I kind of went into detail on application process and a little bit of, I wouldn't say strategy necessarily, but the process for the state of Wyoming. And we told you we'd be back with information on Arizona. So I uh, i think that's kind of our plan today, right, Randy?
0: that's the plan. Uh, rumor has it that with my four little points, I'm guaranteed an Arizona elk tag this year. So I'm glad you're going to tell me how I can do that with four points, Corey.
1: Well, you uh, I, I was ready to do that, but we had a little conversation before we hit record here, and you kind of rained all over my parade, <laughs> like, like, like summer Arizona monsoon rain all over my parade. So yeah, we'll oh, get into that. I'm sorry about that you mentioned uh, in the last... That
0: was not my intention. (laughs) I
1: think it was, because you even mentioned it at the end of the last episode, that when we got into uh, the reduction in elk tags in the state of Arizona, I was going to be surprised. And our conversation just before we got started here was was definitely a little bit of a shock.
0: Yeah. So before we get into that, I suppose we ought to cover the deadlines and the basics (laughs) and and all the other stuff that is required.
1: So, of course, I don't know. We give, them, we give them that information up first and maybe nobody will want to apply for Arizona.
0: <laughs> so you're saying to increase our own draw odds, we should give them <laughs> the bad news first and they'll just hang up and say, heck with it, I'm not applying this year?
1: I don't know. I thought that our, our role in this podcast and everything was to educate people so that we could get them applying and get people hunting elk and... Mm-hmm. Man, first two episodes of this year, there've been changes
0: that have kind of kind of been a little bit of a downer. Yeah, I know. Well, Arizona, the easy part of Arizona is the deadline, right? Yeah. February 11th, 2020 is the deadline. So don't miss that whatever you do. That would be bad. That would be bad. Arizona, unlike some other states, does not have this opportunity where you can go and buy a point afterwards. No nope. doubt. So if you want a point in Arizona, you got to do it before the February 11th deadline. Um, and Arizona, uh, unfortunately, requires that you buy a, a non-resident hunting license up front in order to even yeah. buy a plane. so
1: There are a few other states that require that, but I believe Arizona is the most expensive of the non-resident hunting licenses. Yeah. Uh,
0: at $160. Yep. And then there's the $15 either application fee or bonus point fee. Even they're, yeah. they're the same. So me, I look at it and say, you know what? I've invested in the license. Even if my odds are really low, I'm still applying versus just buying a point because the yeah. price is the same. It's $15. Either way, I may as well shoot for the stars and hope that I draw some tag that, yeah, my odds are really low, but you never know. I've had it happen in Arizona before. So I'm a believer. Yeah. Yep. And
1: so. um, they, they changed the applicant or the draw process here, what, in 2016, I think? So three, four years ago, um, yeah. that gave you a better chance of, of drawing one of those shooting for the star units, which before you really had no, especially as non-residents. So non-residents in Arizona are capped at 10%. Yep. And most of those hunts in that first round, all of those non-resident tags would be distributed. So if you didn't have max points for that hunt you really had no chance of drawing that hunt uh for for especially for those harder to draw hunts Uh, but they made a change
0: three or four years ago that now you you actually have a chance yeah and we'll go into that process and how that works one thing this this is always remarkable people ask how does your son have 18 non-resident deer points in arizona well little hint here if you have young people in your family five bucks for their non-resident hunting license If they're age 10 to 17 it's only five dollars to apply your non-resident child in arizona yep that's how my son built so many points at just about no cost Starting at 10 years old, yep. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, now that he's 29 years old, yeah, it costs him a bit more. Uh, But for the first eight years, it didn't cost us much at all. So don't overlook that option if you have young people in your household. Absolutely. uh, That's a little bit, though, of a... I don't know loss leader, if you'd want to call it that, because by the time they're eighteen and have to pay the full fee, they look at it and say, "Wow, I've got my eight points, bonus points, and I've got a loyalty point. I'm not walking away now."
1: <laughs> yeah. No, Arizona's smart. They lock you in. They they get you get you young when it's easy, and then they lock you into that, and you can't walk away from eight points. And yeah. And you know, we were talking you know, at the beginning. We talked last year when we were going through these breakdowns of each state that that is one of the the downsides of a point system is once you enter it you're you're stuck in it and as more and more changes are made and accommodations made throughout the years you know it's usually not ever a positive change that's made to a point system it's usually trying to (laughs) mitigate that things are going downhill and we're just trying to slow the slide here and you look at a state like arizona I've got 11 points now and four years ago before they made the change to the draw process there was a a specific unit I was going for and I could draw that hunt guaranteed with eight or nine points and then they made the change to the to the system and to the draw process and now it takes like 13 points to draw that same tag. And then as we're going to get into and talk about another change this year in Arizona, it's going to add a couple more years onto that uh, this year. So, it, you know, they kind of do lock you in and you're at their mercy that there's nothing you can do to to change it other than walk away from an 11-year investment at $160 a year. And I yeah.
0: guess I'm not not willing to do that yet. well we're going to go through the highlights of this uh we don't have enough time to go through every bit of detail the strategy articles out on the go hunt insider are super super helpful uh always go and download the proclamations from the state whatever state we're talking about as your first step uh read it pay attention to it because there's always these little things that change like Corey mentioned uh, that you just need to be a, paying attention to. So should we walk through how the Arizona draw works?
1: Yeah. If you uh, if you have your attorney on speed dial and he
0: can kind of right. help I'll us be,
1: understand. I'll, <laughs>
0: I'll do my best with the disclaimer that I've been applying in Arizona since 1996 and I think I got it figured out, but every time I think I got these states figured out, I forget something or overlook something, but like we said earlier, you have to buy your non-resident license whether it's the youth license or the full-price adult license. You have to apply the, the elk deadline along with antelope is February 11th. And the draw it happens in two sequences. So, Arizona takes 20% of all tags and puts them over into I think they call it the bonus pass or the phase yep. one or part one. And yep. what that is is how it works is everybody goes into that draw no matter how what point level you have. But the that 20% of the pool of tags goes to the people with the highest points. So if you have a lot of points. There's a good chance you could draw in that first part of the draw. Uh, you, you might get your tag there. But there's a little a few caveats. And Corey had mentioned that non-residents are capped at 10% of the total tags in any hunt code. Well, no more than half of that 10% quota can be filled in this first part of the draw, so it leaves at least half the other half to be filled in the second part of the draw that we'll get to. But what yeah, and you it thinking? used to be,
1: you know, that that with that wasn't the case. It used to be ten percent were capped for non-residents, but it wasn't capped within that first round. And there's so many more non-residents with higher bonus points that we would hit that 10% cap in the bonus pass almost every time and yeah. leave no non-resident tags for the next part, which is really the the bulk of the tag drawing. Yeah.
0: So everybody goes into this first bonus pass, part one of the draw, and fights over that 20% of the tags, knowing that only half of the non-resident quota can be met in this first part and then anyone who doesn't draw resident and non-resident alike goes over into the, the part two of the draw, which some people call it the one, two pass or part two. Um, and the second part of the draw allocates the remaining 80% of the tags based on a bonus point formula. So, Actually gets to all right. I've got four points, so I get four raffle tickets. Corey's got eleven points; he gets eleven raffle tickets. There's a greater likelihood he's going to draw than than the likelihood that I'll draw, but not guaranteed that he'll draw before I draw, because one of I my four. Yeah, one of my four yeah. raffle tickets or random numbers I get assigned. Could be lower than any of the eleven random numbers that Corey gets assigned. So yep. that's how the two parts have, of. Work. And then
1: they have a third pass. So in Arizona, you can actually put up to five choices on your application. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's really important, especially in that second pass, because your first and second choice on the application are looked at. So if your name gets drawn. And they look at it and they say, okay, you applied for unit nine archery as your first choice, but all of those tags are gone. Sorry, you don't get one of those. They go right to your second choice and they say, okay, you applied for unit 27 late rifle and there are tags left there. So we're going to give you that tag. So your second choice does count on your application. And then they do a third pass where your third, fourth, and fifth choices are looked at if there are any Any tags left over, which for the most part, I can't imagine that there would be very many units that have a third, fourth or fifth choice uh, tag left over that you could draw. But just know that they break that into a separate pass and your first and second choice both go into that second pass, which
0: will get looked at. Yeah. So to summarize that process, 20 percent of the tags go based on. The person with the most points. Everybody goes in that draw. If you don't draw there, you go into the eighty percent pool or the second phase, and that is allocated based on your point uh, uh, bonus point system. You you got you know the more bonus points you have, the greater the likelihood, but no guarantee. And then, like Corey said, very seldom do those of us non-residents have any chance at. The third part, where they look at the third, fourth, and fifth choice, It's close to zero. Yep. So. so that's kind of how the system works. Um, now should a couple we do other, other things
1: more? worth well, a couple other things worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Your bonus point. You know, you pay one hundred and sixty dollars for your license. And then $15 for your bonus point or your application. And in Arizona, you can say, if I don't draw, I'd like to receive a bonus point. Yeah. Uh, you can also get a permanent bonus point that never leaves that you have for the rest of your life by going to Arizona and taking the hunter education course in Arizona. Have you done and that? that? I still have not.
0: What? What? Still I went to Kingman in January of 2007. <laughs> uh, my wife's family lives in Vegas, and I said, I tell you what, darling, we should go to Vegas the first week of January. She looked at me as if she knew something was up. Instantly, her <laughs> her radar is flashing. Ulterior motive, ulterior motive. <laughs> so we flew down there, and I said, uh, you know, I'm going to go to Kingman. Uh, for a few days, I'm going to do a little quail hunting and then I'm going to take this class. She looked at me as if I knew it. I knew there was some reason you wanted to go to Vegas. Yep. You're right. <laughs> <at it. laughs> I love your family, but uh, yeah, I, it, it made it a lot easier to decide to go to Vegas. If I could uh, go take the non-resident hunter ed class, cause it's a one day <laughs> class. I think it's 12 hours. You sit in that yeah. class. And I want to Anything say there have been
1: some changes made recently uh, okay. that you can do it online, but then you have to show up to take the test in person, but you don't have to sit through the whole class. Oh, if I remember right, right there and I, I may be misspeaking there, but it seems like a couple of years ago they did change that. So you could take the class online, you still have to show up in person to uh, to take the test and I think maybe do a field portion or something.
0: But So yeah. that is how... I am sitting here with four points even though I drew an elk tag in Arizona in 2017 because I have my permanent hunter ed point. I also have the loyalty point because I've been applying in Arizona since Moby Dick was a minnow. And you, if you apply for any species for five consecutive years, the sixth year you get what's called the loyalty point. And as long as you continue to apply for that species, your loyalty point stays intact. So, I've got my loyalty point, I've got my hunter ed point, and I've got a bonus point from two thousand eighteen and from two thousand nineteen. So, going into the twenty twenty draw, I've got four bonus points, even though I drew, I've only uh, you know two years ago or well three years ago. So. Yeah.
1: And the really cool part about it is there are some late hunts in Arizona that you can draw with three to five bonus points. And so getting two, you know, a permanent bonus point and a loyalty point, you start at two the very first year. Within a year or two of applying, you can draw another Arizona tag. So it's, you know, they aren't high success type hunts, but you can be hunting big bulls in Arizona every two or three years, realistically. Yeah. So I just found that information on the the bonus point field test. So adults who are 18 and older and have completed the Arizona hunter education online course and have a minimum of three years hunting experience can take the bonus point field test. And so the online course says is a self-paced program that's completed on the internet. Once a passing score of 80% is obtained, Uh, A completion certificate may be printed and a field test scheduled. And so the field tests are administered by instructors and we rotate through practical application stations. And we have, you know, there's the live fire matching practical hunt and then a written exam. And the average completion time is now just one hour for that field test.
0: Whoa. Yeah. So. Why wasn't I aware of that probably because i already have it and i yep. thought oh, what the heck i and I, I don't need to pay any i'm glad you brought that up that's that's yeah. really valuable information folks one point that hunter ed point can make the difference in arizona yeah absolutely hmm. so i'm
1: i think so, i took the the reason i knew that i think i've taken the online portion and completed it and i just need to Find myself in Arizona at some time where I can take that one-hour bonus point field test and Hmm. finish it up.
0: By this time next year, if you have not acquired that point, Corey, I don't think (laughs) we're going to be friends any longer. (laughs) Which my behavior on a daily basis gives you grounds for not being my friend any longer. But Uh, yeah, Hmm. well, that's I didn't know that. That's yeah. because Yeah, and hmm. Well, that that makes it easier than having to bribe your wife into going to see her family in Vegas. See the, the route I took. So hmm. What else we got before we jump into the bad news? I think that probably gets us to the bad news. All right. So this is how did I say this? This is a good news, bad news sort of thing. The good news is Arizona manages their wildlife based on actual data. They observe the harvest reports, the bull-to-cow ratios, the total populations observed, the cow-to-calf ratios. And I talked to one of their biologists this last weekend, and he said, yeah, because I was asking him about these huge changes in in tag numbers for elk he said you know when when we fly and this is what we see and what we get for harvest data and everything else that goes into our model sometimes we bump these numbers up and sometimes we bump them down well 2020 is a year where they are bumping numbers down in some of their highest demand units and the reason being is Their models of what they've seen for total numbers, all this stuff, is telling them, "Hey, time to throttle back." In twenty seventeen, twenty no, twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, they bumped them up because their models said, "Hey, we got more bulls out on the landscape, so let's crank tag numbers up." Well, this year they're cranking them down, and in some units they're cranking them way down. So, I have these spreadsheets I go through every year. I say, here's how many tags there were last year for this hunt code and that hunt code. And it tells me, I look at that because in years when they're cranking tag numbers down, it means that their models say, hey, we got to crank them down. But in the years when they're going to crank them back up, that tells me there's probably some older age class bulls in there because the prior years have had numbers down. So that first year when tag numbers go back up, why am I telling everybody this? <laughs> I want to be the, the the person applying that first year when they crank tag numbers back up because by them having it lower in the years prior to that it means total bull numbers are higher the the bull to cow ratio is higher in the age class just by the fact that lower tag numbers means more bulls were recruited into the older part of the population. So that's why I keep track of that information. Why nope. did I tell the world that? I, I should sell, <laughs> I should sell my spreadsheet online.
1: I was just gonna say we can we can make it a downloadable product and sell it.
0: Uh, I can't believe I just said that, but I did. <laughs> well. <laughs> This is one of the years, though, that it's going the other direction. And I'll just use some examples. And these are units that I track. Uh, And and the archery tag uh, cuts are not nearly as dramatic as the rifle tag cuts. So the late rifle seasons, you're going to see way more tags cut than what you are in the archery and early rifle seasons. So just an example, unit one, a great unit. The archery permits are going from 300. They've been at 300 for years and years. They're going down to 250. Well, 50 less tags means five fewer non-resident tags uh, using the 10% cap. So, uh, Unit 3A, 3C, I've never hunted it, uh, but I can't still keep track of it. Uh, archery tags are going from 135 to 100 Whereas a few years ago, they cranked it from 125 up to 135. I think it's been there for two or three years. Um, Unit 4A has always been a sleeper that I kind of keep on my radar because I've done two antelope hunts out there, and I see a lot of elk when I'm out there antelope hunting. Uh, (laughs) But this year, something is really changing because they're lowering the archery numbers from 200 and Almost two hundred twenty down to one hundred twenty. So not quite a fifty percent cut, but close. Wow. Yeah. So you carve a hundred tags out of that unit. That's ten less non-resident tags. Um. So let's see some of the other ones. Yeah, when there were only
1: when there were only twenty two to start with. Yeah, and then you look at the bonus pass on that, and yeah, it's. You quickly go from having a slight chance to having a
0: much less slight chance. Yeah. And, you know, the early rifle and early muzzleloader hunts, they give away so few of those tags that the odds are really, really tough anyhow. And the odds are going to go from really, really tough to really, really tough plus one or minus one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. just to use some examples uh like i talked about unit one what they're doing with the archery tags they're cutting 75 of the late rifle tags wow unit 3a 3c they're cutting 50 of the late rifle tags unit 4a they're cutting almost 75 of the late rifle tags Wow. Uh, Unit 5A, they're cutting 48 rifle tags. Uh, Unit 7 East, they're cutting 50 rifle tags. Unit 9, Late Hunt, they're cutting 100 rifle tags. So you start adding all this up across all of these units, and you're going to see a significant change in the draw odds in Arizona this year. Yeah. Just Because that's what they have to do, according to their management models and their surveys, and they put a lot of work into this. And that's part of why they have the quality that they do and the age class that they do is they actually take information and they use it for management. Uh, And I give them huge accolades for that, even if it means in 2020 my four points are gonna be. It's gonna take a much more of a miracle for me to draw with my four points than it would have. If I had four points in the prior year. So, yeah, I think for people sitting on a lot of points who thought they were right there at that edge, (laughs) you're going to want to put together a spreadsheet like I have and look and say, wow, as my unit, one of those units, my favorite, you know, kind of the one I've always had my eye on or the one I always apply for. If your unit is one that had a lot of tag cuts, be ready. You might not draw this year, even if you were in that kind of close to being guaranteed in the 20% bonus round with that drop in the number of tags. And it's going to be tougher.
1: Yeah, so. uh, man. That, and that's me. You I know, know. I, when uh, they changed it in 2016, I was within a year or two of drawing the tag I was going after. And when they changed the, the draw process, you know, it added another five years onto what it would take me to draw. And so I'm looking at 12 or 13 points. And now with this change and the reduction in tags in the unit I've been applying for, it probably just added another three years on as a non-resident. So now I'm looking at, you know, 16 points for something I could draw with eight or nine points just three or four years ago.
0: Yeah. Point of that being, when you have the points to draw, go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yep. it's easy to look in the rearview mirror because we never know <laughs> what the changes are going to be, right? We don't know. Yeah, They don't know on some of this stuff. But don't take anything for granted that it's always going to stay the same. These point systems, tag numbers are static and are changing, sometimes change dramatically, sometimes only change a little bit. But if it is a year that you could go, Go, yep, absolutely. absolutely.
1: So, what are you going to charge be... me to get access to your spreadsheet?
0: Um, well, I was thinking about that. <laughs> I and, bet you uh, were. <laughs> you know, uh, we'll talk about that offline. and uh, right. I figured it would be
1: too expensive for you to be comfortable mentioning in this episode. <laughs>
0: Uh, my wife, I have hard drives stashed at work. I have hard drives stashed at home. And she'll ask me, What's on all these old hard drives? Well, this is a lifetime of data of spreadsheets, honey. It's more important than our will, our health care power of attorney. This is historical <laughs> data related to draw odds going back to about 1996. And even though Gohan has, I think, five years of historical draw odds, I have draw odds going back to when it was. Before, it must have been before Al Gore even invented the internet, and it's it's stuff that is supported by the old sheets I used to tear out of the regulation books of what the draw odds were the year before. <laughs> like like anybody really needs the draw odds from 1999, right? I have them if you want.
1: And what's funny is I used to I mean I'm a spreadsheet guy and so I've got spreadsheets of Arizona and all the units back in the you know late 90s early 2000s but then with the advent of go hunt and other things and and fishing and game agencies have come a long way to making their websites more navigable and finding that information and so I kind of just quit doing yeah. that I do still save a, a PDF copy of the proclamations
0: each year Yeah but uh, yeah, was, well, uh, when well, people say, uh, yeah, when a lot of people ask me, Randy, you talk about using Go Hunt a lot. How can it save you that much time? Well, now people know how much time I was spending building spreadsheets and maintaining spreadsheets. <laughs> to your point, I really don't need to do that with Go Hunt. <laughs> But I still got this stupidity problem, and maybe it's a boredom issue. Maybe it's old habits never die. I don't know what it is, (laughs) but yeah, I've got spreadsheets. But I, I can go and do the same thing with Gohan. Yeah, I just you know the the only thing is is Gohan and all the odds are historical. I try to use my spreadsheets for some sort of prospective projecting. And it's probably just a pipe dream to think that my <laughs> spreadsheets give me some sort of prospective benefit.
1: I don't so, know. I think uh, there's value.
0: Okay. It's kind of
1: like GoHunt. brings all the information into one place and makes it really convenient and accurate. Yeah. And I think your spreadsheets just take it one step further. A lot more work to yeah. do, but being able to look and see the decreases in tag numbers and everything is,
0: yeah, that's handy. That's, and being able to manipulate the, the Hunt database, uh, if people go into filtering 2.0 and they start playing around with that, I don't even tell the folks at Hunt some of the things I do to manipulate their database. Uh, <laughs> if they do look at my activities out there, they're probably thinking, what is this guy doing? He just spent eight hours last Saturday in the Wyoming module. What is he doing? Well, I'm trying to figure out how I can draw a tag. <laughs> Point of all this being, it's, it's not good news For total tag numbers in Arizona this year for elk. But, you know, I I admire them for managing the way they do. A lot of states just say, yeah, same as last year. Same as last year. Well, when conditions are good and more opportunity can be available, I want to see states crank up tags. And when the numbers get below whatever their thresholds or parameters are, you know what? Knock those tags down and manage. And and Arizona does a great job doing that. And I don't think it's by accident that Arizona has such a great reputation for quality and opportunity. They they have really figured out a mix of how to meet that. And I don't think it's just by accident. I think it's because of a whole lot of hard work. Yep.
1: So. Well, yeah. Well, back to the drawing board. In our two uh, two <laughs> episodes ago, we did our Q and A and gave people a really good strategy of how to use a thousand dollars and and stretch it and apply for these hunts. And uh I think the two states we mentioned were Arizona and Wyoming. And now yeah. we've kind of kind of given reason to maybe go back to the drawing board and look at that.
0: Yeah. I I do think though that both of those being midterm and long term options are still good ideas for the person for a thousand dollars. Just don't make them your short term option. Yep. I agree. That's that would be my thoughts on it. So you gonna tell the world what unit you always apply for, Corey? <laughs>
1: Not yet. I've got to go okay. through and look at Go Hunt and see what my what my real odds are and yeah, see if it's still well, the unit I'm gonna
0: apply for. So I'm gonna tell people a little secret here. Who it's it's less of a secret anymore because so many people have seen us filming and hunting down there. But Arizona has some units called limited opportunity units. And Those are units that, within their management plan, are places that Arizona does not want elk to become great in number like they are in some of their core units. So we have filmed three hunts in limited opportunity units. Well, what's the big deal about limited opportunity units? If you go to their proclamations, you scroll way down, and it'll say limited opportunity. Well. The season dates are really good dates. There's rifle seasons in September and October. And non-residents are not subject to the 10% cap in those hunts. Hmm. 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 Yeah. So if people are asking, Newberg, how do you guys draw so many Arizona tags? A big chunk of those hunts are in those units that were listed as limited opportunity. Yep. And some of them have not, or, or were at one time limited opportunity, but now they've moved up to the regular uh, subject to the 10, you know, like a, a regular unit subject to the yep. 10% cap. So no charge for that advice today. <laughs> <laughs> Again, why am I telling people this? Now you My know, owner, that's- I'm I'm sitting here scratching my head,
1: going, man, it's getting harder and harder to draw tags in all these places.
0: Yeah, because knuckleheads like me are getting on <laughs> my podcast and elk talk podcast and out on our forum saying, well, you know, there's not a 10 percent cap in these units. <laughs> I know. And by the, the way,
1: we, I was going to apply in.
0: Yeah, we we've, we've shot elk in all these units. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm. I'm just sitting here looking at myself, thinking, "What? What? What? You're not knothead, Newberg, so no, just, You know, my,
1: my plan was to draw draw a good tag, a good archery tag. Mm-hmm. You know, I've waited ten years now, eleven years, and then uh, after that, you know, I'll get my permanent. Hunter Ed point, and then I have my loyalty points. That's two points. And then I was going to start researching late archery hunts and some of the late hunts that don't take as many points to draw. But now I'm sitting here looking, going, man, I can barely draw a late archery hunt now with the points that I have. And yeah, so I'm I'm going to be doing some, spending some serious hours on go hunt, researching uh, where yeah. I need to be focusing in Arizona.
0: Yeah. Well, you can do certain things in their filter 2.0 that manipulates that database to give you some pretty interesting information. And, uh, <laughs> My I've tab drawn, with Randy Newberg
1: uh, is going up right now. <laughs> First, <I> got to <laughs> pick a <the> spreadsheet. I'm going to have to pay for information on how to manipulate Arizona data. And
0: yeah. Well, I've been very lucky in Arizona. I've drawn... Uh, An early rifle tag in unit 10. Uh, I've drawn limited opportunity hunts twice. Uh, I've drawn three late rifle tags. And some people would say, well, Newberg, you've been applying since 96. So that's 33 years or 23, no, 23 years. Gosh, Randy, you're not that old. Don't give it thirty-three. Twenty-three years. <laughs> so I have drawn three late hunts, two limited opportunity hunts, and an early rifle hunt. What's that? Six tags in twenty three years? That's pretty so good. I'm averaging about four, four tags or four years per tag.
1: Yep. And I drew so, two good tags in Arizona. And I'm, yeah in a seven or eight year period but now i've gotten back in line and i'm um, been 11 years well 12 years this year will be 12 years since i
0: last hunted arizona yeah well i've i've drawn a couple other times when i did party applications but i'm not counting those because <laughs> my son had more points than i did a <laughs> friend had more points than i did i'm talking about kind of standing on my own there drawing. Yeah, but the so, thing you gotta remember is you still I'm, used points.
1: You still used points those years. You drew those other tags too. So,
0: yeah, man, yeah. You've, and what you've what has helped me is have, having the two permanent points has been a huge help. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what are we forgetting? Oh, <laughs> if you do go out to to on x maps and buy any of their apps use promo code elk talk or if you go to go hunt and sign up on their insider you use promo code elk talk right yep. since last time i screwed up what the benefits are of using that promo code can you tell them because i'll mess it up again
1: <laughs> so for go hunt if you sign up and use the promo code elk talk you're going to get 50 dollars to spend in go hunts online gear store and for on x if you use the promo code elk talk you're going to save 20 percent on any of their uh, app purchases so the hunt app which is what we use you can do the elite or the the regular and purchase by state or purchase the elite and get access to up to five states
0: cool couple other things with Arizona. If you do apply, they're going to give you until February 27th to change your credit card information in case your credit card got compromised or something. You can pay an extra $5 and use what's called point guard. It's like insurance. You can use it once every five years, I think per species. Uh, whereas if you drew and you had a conflict or had to turn tag back in, you'd get your points restored. Um, what else
1: i can see that being handy now especially where you know a lot of these states wyoming arizona are going to be coming out about the same time or at least overlapping a little there that point point guard might be a good thing to not lose your points and not be forced to go hunt but then at the same time i think if you draw an arizona tag you change your other
0: plans and i'm going. If, yep. if you give me an Arizona elk tag, I'm going. I don't care. Weddings, funerals, court appearance, jury duty. I'm going elk on. Heck with that. Yep. So, uh, maybe some people are different than I am, but there's no way that I'm needing the $5 point guard thing. because Arizona yep. hunts have that much fun, I'm going. Did, <laughs> you notice that in, somebody uh, had in one of our uh, comments or you know when they reach out to us on the website uh, about contact us someone was asking about uh, uh, pound uh, archery uh, what the minimum draw weights are and what the any broadhead restrictions by state and i haven't looked them all up but i looked it up in arizona just to see what it is and it's interesting that arizona only requires 30 pound draw weight for our months. Hmm. that I mean, interesting. Yeah, that's I mean, pretty loaded. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, 50? Idaho's four, Idaho's forty pounds, but I require my children to be at forty five. Just you know, personal okay. minimum for them there. Uh, I believe Wyoming is fifty. I think Wyoming is fifty pounds, which yeah. you know that's you're you're a pretty strong youth when you're pulling fifty pounds, and you know there's some women I think that.
0: Aren't much over fifty pounds, so it's yeah a, a restriction. <clears throat> and uh, I don't see where there. I couldn't find any restrictions on mechanical versus fixed blade heads. The only thing I found in Arizona was it has to have uh, a cutting width of the metal edges. They have a definition in there about it of seven eighths of an inch. Yep. So. Yeah, someone had asked that, and I don't know if it's relevant or important. I'm
1: pretty sure that you can use mechanicals there, because I've heard some horror stories from people who've used mechanicals on elk there specifically, oh, yeah. and and lost big elk because of a, a mechanical failure.
0: Yeah. Okay. And for those applying for muzzleloader tags, I don't think Arizona has a restriction on anything related to muzzleloaders.
1: They don't. All projectiles, powder charges, bullet types, and sight systems are legal for muzzleloaders in Arizona.
0: Yeah, I don't even own a muzzleloader, so I'm I'm not the guy to be giving information on that. But yeah. so, well, the odds are I'm going to be applying for late rifle tags with all four points I have. I don't have any unit where I'm going to draw in the twenty percent uh, bonus pass or part one pass. So for me, it's just manipulating the Go Hunt database to see which one's going to give me the best odds in the eighty percent draw or the part two draw. And I know those are all going to be late rifle tags. And if I get a wild hair, I guess I could try one of the late archery tags. But I. I don't think I'm that talented that I should be walking around <laughs> on a late archery hunt. Uh,
1: I, I, those those are definitely appealing to me just because of the potential of bigger bulls in Arizona and the limited number of points that it takes to draw versus a archery or a rifle tag. Uh, so I'll definitely be researching those late archery tags. But I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna spend my uh, my current points on an early archery tag and go from there.
0: Wow. Well, I'm going to leave that up to you, Corey.
1: I'm, <laughs> I I'll I really, right. I know you've been there on some late hunts. so.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I've been there on quite a few late rifle hunts, either my tag or helping people. And that's some noisy country to stalk around in. People who are shooting those elk uh, spot and stock on those late archery hunts, Man, they gotta be the ninja. I, yep. I think a lot of people might sit water, but boy, that's a roll of the dice. What if you get a big snowstorm? Yeah. And there's water everywhere, which happens every few years. So I'm I'm not gonna roll the dice to that degree. Yeah.
1: But, well the well the last thing maybe to mention are the uh, season dates this year. Yeah and you got those in front of you yeah Arizona rotates you know each each year it seems to drop back a day, drop back a day, and so some some years it ends on september twenty first some years it's like october into October when it ends, and so uh it is important to kind of pay attention to that and compare that maybe to moon phases or other considerations to make, but uh I was just looking here on. The proclamations and in twenty twenty it's September eleventh through September twenty fourth are the early archery season dates. Mm. And I was just gonna look here and pull up the other.
0: Pertinent. The rifle dates are the late rifle seasons are always the Friday after Thanksgiving. So I think this year that's November twenty seventh
1: show on November 27th through December 3rd for the late rifle. Early rifle is September 25th through October 1st. And then muzzleloader is September 25th through October 1st. In most of the units, there are some that have different dates, but
0: yeah. I'm sure my four non resident points are going to get me one of those late September hunts.
1: Yeah, September 25th through October 1st rifle hunt. That's. Uh...
0: Yeah, I, I looked on Go Hunt the other day. I think my odds were one divided by infinity, and they rounded it up to 0.01%. <laughs> so uh,
1: they got to have a statistic in there. So yeah. they gave you a 0.01. Yeah. So, yep. Arizona's a long shot for sure, and it, it's an investment. You've got to put in some time there, but it's uh, when you do draw a tag. I have never even had a slight feeling of disappointment hunting elk in Arizona. No,
0: no Arizona elk hunts succeed all expectations, has been my experience. Yep. And uh, tons of public land. Most of their elk occur in the areas with abundant public land. It's rare to see a no trespassing sign. I mean, there's a few of those limited opportunity units where you run into that, but most of the core elk area, you're going to have no problem finding public land to chase elk if you have a tag. Yep.
1: Absolutely. Well, anything else we need to uh, encourage or discourage on when it comes to Arizona? Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I was thinking about bad-mouthing some of the units that I'm going to apply for, but I think people would see through that.
1: (laughs) See through it. (laughs) It's kind of like, you know, when somebody says something about what state did you hunt this year on social media, and, you know, you reply Idaho, and then there's like 13 people that are like, not worth hunting in Idaho, no elk left in Idaho, all the elk left Idaho, and... It's almost yeah. like
0: move along, nothing to see here.
1: Yeah, it's almost like they're doing more damage by trying to hide the fact that they don't want
0: people coming to Idaho than yeah. the contrary, so. Yeah. Well, I hope people uh, are paying attention to that. I think after this Arizona one, the next state, if I remember right, is either going to be Utah or New Mexico. I okay. never remember. I think Utah. Uh, I for, think, uh, what was the
1: application deadlines last year? I want to say Utah.
0: I think that's, so. Yeah. Which, me and all of my two points in Utah, that's, I got a good <laughs> chance there too. Yeah. No, last, that, last, that's because I drew in 2014.
1: Yeah. Last year it was March 5th. Uh, Montana okay. was March 15th and New Mexico was March 18th.
0: Yeah, I got to look. I heard rumor that Montana's moving their deadline to April 1st or March 31st or something. Someone told me that the other day. I said, wait a second. It's been March 15th since forever. <laughs> I, I, I got to check that out before that rumor starts floating around. Yeah. But either way, those three states are the next three on the yep. docket, right? Yep. So, well, hopefully, everybody goes back to our podcast a month or so ago about how you can do this even with a, a smaller budget of a thousand bucks. Because yeah. I, I know there are a lot of people in that situation, and, and it's great if you have budget and, and time to apply everywhere. But if you don't, uh, don't use that as an excuse to, to not have a strategy in place. And yep. you'd still go Alcotton every year.
1: Yeah, maybe we could uh, do a little bonus episode here in between one of these and talk about maybe a strategy for you know not just the $1,000, but maybe a long-term, a short-term, a mid-term. And with all of these changes, see if anything changes from what we've talked about in the past.
0: Yeah, we should do that. Would you put it on our calendar? It's on there. Okay, because I have this thing called tax season going on for the next three and a half months. <laughs> uh, I thought you were retired uh, wonder, from accounting. Retired implies I have enough money. I'd say quit would be the better word. <laughs> 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 just but, if you're, if you're uh, tired
1: over and over, that would make you retired. So
0: retired, yeah. I'm well, I'm a re I'm back. a retread, not retired. I'm retreaded. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I'm glad you have it on our calendar because my calendar is a mess right now. So, yep, with cool. that, Corey, I I hope you have a great day. Yeah, um, you
1: too. Thanks, everybody, for listening and tuning in, and we'll keep these state by state application process episodes rolling out here. And hope you have yeah. good luck. Just slightly less good luck than Randy and I in drawing an elk tag.
0: yeah and if people wonder why we focus so much on tag drawings it's because it is so critical to going hunting and when we started this podcast one of our goals was to help people hunt elk more than they do otherwise so a lot of information we're throwing out there but it's all with a purpose of getting people out in the hills
1: Totally. Yep. Experience what we love and see why we love it. And if you haven't hunted elk, I'd say make 2020 the year that you hunt elk. Because obviously with tags going down in Arizona and them holding your money longer in Wyoming, things aren't getting easier. So get out and no. hunt elk this fall.
0: Roger, ten four. all that other stuff that they'd say on that old country music song, Convoy, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh randy's gonna start We've before i go find those seven eleven long-haired friends of jesus in the chartreuse microbus or whatever <laughs> that guy said there i think they're parked out in my parking lot here my office is next to the msu from montana state university the number of hooligans that are in my parking lot each day uh yeah, uh, there might be a Chartreuse Microbus out there. Lastly, checked that in.
1: You're talking in addition to the eight employees who use your parking lot every day that yeah. you typically refer to as
0: hooligans. Well, yeah. Hopefully, they don't listen to this podcast and know that they got lumped in with 11 long haired friends of Jesus. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How <laughs> <laughs> did they get us drawn <laughs> Here, Let's shut this down before I bring up some other 1970 country music song.
1: Pull the plug. Pull the plug. Get us out of here. All, All right. right. Folks, thanks Take for care, folks. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we'll catch you on the next one.